saying God wants you to enjoy your money. You don't have to feel guilty about that. You don't have to feel guilty about those things. But God doesn't want you to forget Him. Enjoy your money. Just recognize it comes from Him. Don't leave Him out. Don't start fishing every Sunday and say, Isn't this wonderful? God has given me this. And you start neglecting the Lord and God's people and worshiping Him. That's the kind of stuff that that is dangerous. I'd like you to imagine a picture. Imagine that you were wealthy enough to give a car to one of your children, assuming he or she is old enough to drive. And you said that it was their responsibility to take care of this car. They could use it for their own needs and for fun, but they are to remember that you are the owner and you expect them to occasionally give rides to their younger brothers or sisters. Now imagine that this young person always found some excuse why they couldn't give a ride to someone else in the family. In fact, they were out using the car, driving around aimlessly so much that they no longer spent any time with the family. You would have to discipline them, wouldn't you? How easy it is for us to become too wrapped up in possessions we don't even own. Good morning. Welcome to Verse by Verse, a radio teaching ministry led by Pastor Teacher Steve Kreloff. Pastor Steve has been ministering at Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida since 1981. If you're ever in the Clearwater area, we'd love to have you stop in for a visit. Lakeside is located at 1893 Sunset Point Road. Take Sunset Point west from US-19. We're halfway between Highway 19 and the beach. Well, if you've been with us the past few weeks, you'll already know that Pastor Steve is leading us in a series of lessons about the biblical family. Our lesson today is the middle part of his message on marriage and money. Later in the program, I'll tell you how you can get this entire message on CD. Right now, let's get back to the classroom as Pastor Steve is about to share with us some things that the Bible says are more important than money. Revelation chapter 3 is another great passage of Scripture all the way to the end of the Bible. Church at Laodicea forgot God because they were they, they did get wealthy and there's a tremendous truth here. and I'm going to read it to you. To the verse 14 of Revelation 3, to the angel of the church in Laodicea, write this. The Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of creation of God says this. This is what Christ says to his church. I know your deeds, that you are neither cold nor hot. I would that you were cold or hot. That is, they were lukewarm Christians. And it nauseated God because he says, so because you are lukewarm, neither hot uh, nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. That is the sin that that nauseates God because you say I am rich and I've become wealthy and have need of nothing and you don't know that you're wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked see they had material things but they didn't understand that spiritually character wise they were poverty stricken I advise you to buy from me gold and so forth but let's jump down to verse 19 those whom I love I reprove and discipline be zealous therefore and repent and and I think this is the key verse 20 Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and will dine with him and he with me. This is not a verse of telling us about salvation. This is a verse saying that there are Christians who have grown wealthy and they have forgotten the Lord and they have kept him outside of the fellowship of, of their church and, and of their own personal lives. And there they are inside enjoying whatever they have. And Jesus Christ is on the outside knocking, saying, if you hear me, if you hear me in the midst of your 
of your gloating over your money. If you hear me, I'm on the outside wanting to be in. If you open up, I'll come in and I'll fellowship with you because right now we're not fellowshipping together. You're enjoying your wealth and you have neglected and forgotten me. So that's that's one of the basic problems in in forgetting God when you get wealthy. You just leave him out. First Timothy 6.17 says this, Instruct those who are rich in this present world not to be conceited or to fix their hope on the uncertainty of riches, but on God who richly supplies us with all things to enjoy. Listen, God wants you to enjoy your money. You don't have to feel guilty about that. You don't have to feel guilty about those things, but God doesn't want you to forget him. Enjoy your money. Just recognize it comes from him. Don't leave him out. Don't start fishing every Sunday and say, isn't this wonderful? God has given me this and you start neglecting the Lord and God's people and worshiping him. That's the kind of stuff that that is dangerous. And there's another problem that comes from loving money. One thing, you can forget God. Secondly, it, it can distort your spiritual perspective and your value system. Somehow when Christians get a hold of a lot of money, they, they not only forget God, they forget the value system that they held so dearly. When you love money, you will inevitably do things that are wrong and compromise biblical truth. Why? Matthew 6.24. I read this in the pastoral prayer. I think it's a key passage. Matthew 6.24 says, No one can serve two masters. You just can't serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you'll, or you'll hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Mammon is another way of saying money. What does he mean? If you serve God, if he's your master, then you live to please him. If you love money and money is your master, then you'll serve it by doing whatever it takes to keep it or to make it. And you can't. You can't do that. You can't say, I love God and I love money. You can't have two masters. It's going to be some conflicts. And, and if money becomes your master, it, it will cause you to lose sight of what's really valuable. Really valuable. And there are Christians who are caught up in such materialism that they have lost sight of what's really valuable. If you love money, you're in some rotten company, let me tell you. Because the love of money caused Ananias and Sapphira to lie to the Lord and lie to the early church. And uh, they wanted to impress them with how much money they were giving to God. And actually, they were holding back some for themselves. They could have held some back for themselves, and that's all right. But they lied. And because of the hypocrisy, the Lord was rather drastic with them at that point and, uh, and killed them. In the Old Testament for money, the prophet Balaam tried to curse Israel. We say the prophet was a man for profit. And uh, that's pretty rotten company to be in. And the worst company is to be with Judas, who for 30 pieces of silver betrayed Jesus Christ. What about us? How does loving and serving money distort our values? When money becomes all important, what's, what's really important in life doesn't matter to us anymore. Let me show you some things that, that Proverbs, uh, the, the book of Proverbs tell us are really important. But when money becomes too important, you forget these things. It just distorts our perspective. First of all, uh, wisdom and understanding. Proverbs, and I would write this down if I were you. If you can keep up with me, fine. But Proverbs 16, verse 16 says this, how much better is it to get wisdom than gold and to get understanding is to be chosen above silver. 
Knowing how we're to live is more important than making money. That's what the Bible teaches. Knowing how to live, which is wisdom, and how to apply biblical truth is more important than getting money. That's not what our society says. Our society puts value on you if you make money. And you have nice clothes, and you have a nice house, and you drive a new car. But God says that wisdom and understanding are more important than money. Secondly, uh, integrity, honesty is more important than, than money. Proverbs 19, verse 1. Better is a poor man who walks in his integrity than he who is perverse in speech and is a fool. If you got a lot of money, you got a wicked tongue, and you're dishonest, you're a fool. Even though the world may applaud you, you're a fool, the Bible says. But a poor man who walks in his honesty is better. He's better. Integrity is more important than money. Why? Because you will compromise the Bible. I guarantee you, you will compromise the Bible and honesty for money. And that's a serious danger, that a serious problem that we have. If money becomes more important than your honesty, you will lie to get money. You will lie to get a promotion. You will fail to speak up for Jesus Christ because it might cost you something. You will pretend to be something you're not. You will do something dishonest at work because money is more important than your integrity. The Bible says integrity is more important. Proverbs 31 verse 10 says an excellent wife is more valuable than, than, than far above rubies, far above jewels. Your marriage is more important. Having a godly wife is more important than getting ahead the chain of, and the ladder of success. Proverbs 22, verse 1 is a great verse. It says, A good name is to be more desired than great riches. Favor is better than silver and gold. In other words, your reputation is more important than money. Your good name, your reputation, is a man or a woman of character. But I know what some people are thinking. Maybe not here, but then again, maybe here. Some people be thinking, but my reputation won't feed my family. My reputation won't pay the bills. What do you say to that? And I say, you're right. It won't. It won't. But that's where God comes in. That's where God comes in. Matthew 6.33 says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God, which means do what's right, obey God's word, and all these things that you need will be given to you. That's right. Your reputation won't pay the bills. God never said it will. But God does say, you do what's right, and I'll take care of what you need. Not what you necessarily want, but what you need. It's the difference between needs and luxuries. And uh, most of us here, just about, well, all of us here, are, in comparison with the rest of the world, are involved in luxuries. Do what's right and God will take care of your material needs. So, principle number one is God is the one who gives us the ability to make money and all of it belongs to Him. Change your attitude about what you possess because it's not yours. Second principle, I'd write this down. God provides for our needs by rewarding hard work with a measure of prosperity. In other words, God normally supplies our needs through hard work. Work hard and God rewards you with money. Be lazy and you got some problems. And you see, I think this reveals why some couples have some financial struggles. Because they're not particularly industrious at working. So you can work a lot of hours. You can put in a lot of hours at the job, but you may not be doing a whole lot of work. But you're deceived into thinking that you are. Just look at all the time you're spending at work. Uh, God rewards uh, industriousness and, and hard work. Proverbs 14, verse 23. This is one of the 
uh, ongoing themes in the book of Proverbs. Work hard. God will, will take care of you. Uh, if you're lazy, God will make sure that you are in poverty. Proverbs 14, verse 23. In all labor there is profit, but mere talk leads only to poverty. First is only talking, lazy. It's going to have uh, a problem. And then, of course, in Proverbs chapter 6, there's the great truth about the ants. The sluggard or the lazy person ought to look at the ants, not the uncle. Okay, the ant. I just threw that in. Proverbs 6, verse 6 through 8, because we're so serious about this. Okay, verse 6. Go to the ant, O sluggard, observe her ways and be wise, which having no chief, officer, or ruler, prepares her food in the summer and gathers her provisions in the harvest. How long will you lie down, O sluggard? When will you rise from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the, ha- uh, of the hands to rest, and your poverty will come in like, like a vagabond and your need like an armed man. God said, take a lesson from the ants. They work hard. They don't have anybody over them telling them what to do and do this. And do. They prepare, they, they plan ahead, they work hard. God says they have. So we're to work hard. You know, hard work actually feels good, especially when it's over with. Yes, it's a relief when it's over, but it also gives a wonderful sense of satisfaction. Today, Pastor Steve has shared with us that integrity is more important than money and that God rewards hard work. Those are all pretty simple principles, don't you think? And they come right from God's Word. We're glad you tuned in today to Verse by Verse. Welcome. We're taking a short break from class, which gives us a chance to introduce ourselves to those of you who may have just tuned in. Steve Kreloff, pastor-teacher at Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida, is our teacher. The church's website is lakesidechapel.com. There is extensive information on the site that covers Lakeside's ministries, core beliefs, and staff. The effectiveness of Pastor Steve's ministry at Lakeside led to a desire to see that teaching made available to an even wider range of listeners. That desire gave birth to Verse by Verse Ministries. Our website is versebyverseradio.org. If you stop by the website, you can learn more about our ministry. And if you missed the beginning of our class, you can listen to it in its entirety on the website, versebyverseradio.org. We'd better get back to class now. I think our break is about over. Here's Pastor Steve with more teaching on marriage and money. In our work also, we are to be honest. Proverbs chapter 13, verse 11. Proverbs has a lot to say about this. Verse 11. Wealth obtained by fraud dwindles, but the one who gathers it by labor increases it. In other words, dishonest game won't last. You're doing something, some kind of shady deals. You may have money today, but it will be gone tomorrow. But if you're working hard and you're honest, God will have it slowly but surely increase. So maybe some people have some struggles because they've done some shady deals. Some deals that uh, if if, uh, others knew about it, they'd be embarrassed. There's another truth about hard work. Uh, we are not about God providing through through our labor. We are not to be involved in get-rich-quick schemes and be hasty to get wealthy. Proverbs 28, verse 22. A man with an evil eye hastens after wealth. The key word there is hastens after wealth. And he does not know that want will come upon him. 
Now, there are other verses that speak of this. Just two verses back. Verse 20 says, A faithful man will, will abound with blessings, but he who makes haste to be rich will not go unpunished. And, and there are other verses throughout Proverbs. These verses speak in application, as you speak of haste, of get-rich-quick schemes. There are Christians involved in this. Well, I think if you do this, you'll make a lot of money real fast. The Bible says don't do that. You, you hasten to get wealthy. God says it, it, it ought to slowly accumulate. Or if he blesses you with a lot right away, it's not because you've tried to get rich quickly. It's just the blessing, unique blessing of God. It also speaks against, in application, not only get-rich-quick schemes, but excessive working to get rich. But just work harder and, and overtime and a second job, not just to make ends meet, because I want more money and more money and I can invest and then I can do this. And that. The Bible says you'll not go unpunished. God will take that money away from you. And that's where some couples are. If you're constantly struggling with having enough money, you have to consider the possibility that you have been putting money ahead of God. Money ahead of God. Ahead of your spiritual life. Ahead of your relationship with your wife and your children. You have no ministry in the church. There's some people who are too busy working. And they feel like, I can't have a ministry in the church. i got to work. And then they wonder why they never seem to get ahead. Because they haven't put the Lord first. Hard, honest work is God's way to bring you money. But if you, if you neglect your God-given responsibilities because you are consumed with making money, then God will discipline you. And it's usually in the form of, I'll take that money away from you. It belongs to me anyway. So God is the one, principle number one, God is the one who gives us the ability to make money and it all belongs to him. So don't get lifted up with pride. Don't think you're a self-made man or woman. Secondly, and you ought to be satisfied then with what God gives you. Secondly, God provides for our needs through honest, hard work. Honest, hard. Don't be lazy. Don't be dishonest. And don't be involved in haste and get rich quick schemes. That's not the goal of life. Third principle. Giving money to the Lord and to needy people is a privilege and a responsibility. It's a privilege and a responsibility. I'm not asking for more money for the church. I really don't get into that at all. And we're not going to look even too deeply at the subject of giving, but it's important to know that God wants you to give. And the question that people inevitably have is, well, how much? How much? Well, that's between you and the Lord. The New Testament does not teach in this day and age that we have to tithe. You want to give 10%? That's up to you and the Lord. You want to give 50% like uh, Jesus told Zacchaeus to give? That's up between you and the Lord. And when the Old Testament spoke of a tithe for Israel, uh, it was actually more than 10% anyway. We have some tapes on that, and I'm not going to take the time to go into all that. But the, the overruling principle of New Testament giving is 2 Corinthians 9, verse 7, which says this, Let each one of you do just as he has purposed in his heart. Whatever God lays on your heart. Whatever percentage he lays on your heart. Not grudgingly. Make sure you don't say, I really don't want to do this, but I've got to. Or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. God loves it when you say, Lord, this belongs to you anyway. How much do you want me to give? And you just have that freedom, that attitude See, the amount is up to you, but there's a great truth that I think ought to guide us in our decision about how much to give. Part of the great truth is mentioned in verse 6 of 2 Corinthians 9, just before verse 7. Now this I say, he who sows sparingly shall also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully shall also reap bountifully. 
principle is don't be stingy with God. Be stingy with God. I want you to turn to a very critical portion of Scripture. Mark chapter 12. I think this is so vital. I I wish every pastor uh, who believes the Bible and and would teach their people would, would take their people to this portion of Scripture. God does not care as much about the amount that you give as he does about the attitude of your heart. And, and Jesus revealed this to us in Mark chapter 12. This is great. And you got to picture this. Our Lord's just kind of sitting around one day watching people put money into the temple treasury. What an odd thing to do. That's like going to the bank and sitting there and watching people make deposits. He sat down, verse 41 says, opposite the treasury, just sat down. And he began observing how the multitude were putting money into the, into the treasury. And many rich people were putting in large sums. And a poor widow came and put in two small copper coins, which amount to a cent. And calling his disciples to him, he said to them, Truly I say to you, this poor widow put in more than all the uh, contributors to the treasury, for they all put in out of their surplus, but she out of her poverty. She put in all she owned and all she had to live on. This is tremendous. You see, uh, it's as if the Lord was saying, Men, check this out. Because you're not going to see something like this very often. I mean, don't you kind of get the feeling as you're reading that? The Lord is watching all these wealthy people and this poor woman puts in two little coins. And the Lord says, men, look at this. This is a rarity. Check it out. It's unusual. She's not out to impress anybody. She's giving out a devotion. You see, the bottom line is that some Christians are just plain stingy with the Lord. I don't know a more gracious way to say that. I don't know how much you give. I don't want to know how much you give. Uh, I don't check the records on how much anybody gives. But some Christians are just plain stingy. They spend too much on themselves and not enough on him. And somehow their attitude is, but I need this money to pay bills. Well, I don't think that fits. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you. Maybe God's frustrating your payments of bills. Because you're not honoring him first. You see, you you don't want to wait to give till you have more money. That's that's a a trap that people fall into. They say, well, listen, I don't make much now. But when I make more money, it's assuming that you're going to think that you think that you're going to make more money. uh, Then I'm going to give more money. That is a a cop out. That's that's a cop out. What you are doing with what you have now is the issue. Someone has put it to a little poem that goes like this. It's not what you do with a million if a million were your lot. It's what you're doing at present with the dollar and a quarter you've got. You see, that's the issue. God doesn't care about your millions. It's what do you have in your pocket right now that that your attitude is. What are you doing with that? Isn't that amazing? God gave higher praise and more recognition to someone who appeared to be doing less for his kingdom than someone who at first glance seemed to be doing more. But the Bible says that we look at each other from the outside and God looks at us from the inside. He knew the widow lady's heart and he knew that she was giving sacrificially out of love for him, not grudgingly like the rich people. They consulted their checkbooks, looked at the budget and said to themselves, I did get that big bonus so we can give a hundred to the church and use the rest for a trip to Hawaii. But the poor widow gave all she had and was trusting God to meet her needs. I'm sure she didn't make the decision lightly. You see, that's faith. And the Bible also says that without faith, it's impossible to please God. It was a delight to have you with us in our class today. You've been listening to Verse by Verse, 
a teaching ministry led by pastor-teacher Steve Kreloff. This is the middle third of Pastor Steve's message, Marriage and Money. It's part of an extensive study on the biblical family. If you would like to listen to the message in its entirety, you can order a CD by calling 727-441-1714. Leave your name and a number, and someone will return your call during weekday office hours. The number once more is 727-441-1714. Verse by Verse Ministries is a faith ministry which depends on the prayers and gifts of interested people who have first been faithfully supportive of their local church. We invite you to join us again next time for the conclusion of Pastor Steve's message on marriage and money.